topic of conversation from here on in has to start with the goaltending. That's it. That's all there is to the sport. The net on out is how you win championships. That's why our next guest, Mike McKenna, is going to be real important down the stretch. If off the top of your head, and you know, if we take Vasilevsky out of the equation, like what other team do you sit there and go, I got no worries about their goaltending off the top of your head? I'm stuck. I got off the top of my head, there's none. I, 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 Think about the trade deadline. Uh, Minnesota? Uh, I don't know. I, I have some worries. They're on a they, roll, they, aren't they? They're extremely on a roll. I think they're 15, 1, and 3 since they got Marc Andre Fleury. Well, so that's a good point. I don't know. Is there another one that you go, ah, I'm not worried about it? Calgary, Markstrom, like him a lot. Demko is not going to matter. Is there. Markstrom done enough? In the past to really not nope. warrant uh i hope he shows up no but he's had like a long track record in the nhl where i genuinely believe is a good goaltender shesterkin are you yeah mvp candidate enough to go the rangers he's just still new right like it's not not his first year but you know he hasn't been around the league long enough to have, you're right to have that sort of track record but yeah i'd say you put some faith in him colorado Kemper had it going for a few months. Yeah, he's a good goalie. Uh, lately. And also a little little bit of a hiccup. Just doesn't stay healthy either, right? Like I don't know. There it is interesting looking around the league just going, "Boy, there's a lot of good teams, but it all hinges on this one guy." You imagine you go down for pregame nap and you're like, "Well, the success of hundreds of people, staff and employees hinges on me." Just interesting now to watch this whole thing uh play out for Vegas. Thompson played the other night. Mm-hmm. And Leonard backed up. So Leonard doesn't play great in the game. He's been fighting through some sort of injury. And uh, his coach goes on in the media and says, you know, basically didn't think he played very well. He got outplayed. And then he says he's going to go get the surgery. Anyway, we'll, let, we'll talk to Mike about it all. Did you know that uh, Louis uh, uh, Dominique is the second... NHL goalie in history to have four straight starts with four different teams. Mike McKenna might have thoughts on that. The only Mm. other goalie that has done this is our next guest. But if you include the ACHL, AHL, KHL, NHL, um, minor midget hockey, this could be a lot longer than four. Is that true, Mike? (laughs) Too many teams. But I tell you what, what's really funny about this is that I had no idea that I had an NHL record all to myself, no matter how devious it may have been as being four straight starts with four consecutive teams. I had it all to myself. That is incredible. And lo and behold, my old teammate, my old Portland pirate uh, goalie partner, Louis Domingue hops in. And now we are brothers in the four Louis and four Domingue. star club. How does it even happen? And we both, we both catch with our right hand, all these things. It's just, you know, another one of those footnotes to my career, I guess. It's, it's pretty funny, man. I, I didn't even know it until I saw it the other night. See, now you guys can go and, like, hang out and drink and, and just say, you know, this is ours. No one can touch yeah. it. Well, well, what happens with Louie is that he gets to bake and I get to cook. 
because he's a phenomenal baker. He can make you a pie that can't be beat, and then I'll make you barbecue, and we'll have a we'll have a hell of an evening together. <laughs> I don't know why people think goalies are weird, Mike. I don't know. Yeah, no idea, no idea. So <laughs> because um, we cook, <laughs> cooking is a virtue. <laughs> no, no argument there. Baking, however, I'm going to say is a little bit different. So <laughs> where do you where do you want to start? Uh, let, let's start right here uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Jack. They've done actually. I. I've said at the, on the top of the show, I think Sheldon's done a nice job of, of protecting um, a trend that he's working his way back into uh, a solid feel. And, mm-hmm. you know, are, are Leaf fans comfortable enough to say they feel as good as they did when they've watched him in the first 35 games of the regular season? No. But going through Tampa Bay, going through Florida, and now Washington – uh, there's no sense that there's any panic either, which is a good thing. No, and I think that you're spot on about Sheldon Keith giving Campbell starts when he should. You know, you don't need to overwork somebody this close to playoffs, especially when they're coming off an injury like Campbell has been. And, you know, you can look at raw numbers for what Campbell's done since coming back from his injury, and it's pretty easy to say, well, I mean, geez, he's allowed three goals and, two, and hardly any one goals or zeros against games. And, like, to me, you have to kind of pass the eye test with Campbell to think that, hey, okay, he spent, to me at least what I watch, more time in his crease. He looks way more confident in what he's doing in terms of his depth and post integrations. And, like, he doesn't seem to have that same – uh, kind of questioning nature to what he was doing. Like he just looked like he was in between saves at times when he wasn't performing. And that's indicative of somebody who's lost your confidence. So um, I, I like what Keith's been doing. Um, I know it wasn't ideal with Shogren going and poor guy allowed, you know, eight goals against, and he's on the hook for all of those in one game. But if you're the head coach, you got to leave Shogren in. You're not bringing Campbell in midway through that game. That was the right call. So um, very much on board with what he's done so far. Mike, if you're the uh, if you're in Jack Campbell's position now, the Leafs have two games left. They get Detroit on Tuesday, uh, Boston on Friday. Neither game likely to matter all that much. How much would you want to play? Would you want to play one, zero, both? What are your thoughts on on rest versus rust for goaltenders? Yeah, I'd want every minute. That's just how I'm wired, though. Yeah. I think part of that's because I always. I, I always wanted the net, not knowing if I'd get to stay in it or not with the nature of my career. It is Campbell's net. Okay. There's no question about that to me whatsoever. Um, so I, I think the bigger thing is, Hey, like, is he going to get both the games? Is he just going to grab one of them? Um, with them being so spaced apart, I, I would play both games here. I, and that's what I think would be, I, would be ideal, especially knowing he has some rest. He didn't go yesterday against Washington. Shogren grabs that game. So you know, play tomorrow against Detroit, get that under your belt. And then you got a couple of days until Boston, who I would want to play against a good team leading into playoffs. I'd want to feel good about myself and what I've done on the ice and what mentally I felt against a team like Boston that can bring it. Um, but, but it's also not Florida. So um, I, I think that matters. I'd want to go for both the games if I was him. There's someone uh, on our show whose name isn't on the title of our show. Um, who thinks that uh, he shouldn't play any games. Sammy. And I'm wondering, you know, Mike, in terms of your, your partner on any team or just goaltenders in general, uh, would the majority of them want to play or would there be a part of somebody that says, nah, just, I I don't want to play. I'll just get ready for game one. Does it say something about somebody if they don't want to play the next two games to close out a season? 
Well, everybody's different, but guys, if you're in the locker room and your goalie doesn't want to play, what does that say? Right. You know, I mean, and everybody talks like if you're out to dinner with the boys a couple nights before and you're like, ah, I really just don't want to play that last game. Like, I don't know, man, where's your competitive battle? Where's your fire for your teammates? Where's your desire to go out and make a difference and win? And that's what it always felt like to me. My job was to play. If I had a chance to play, I was going in. I was never turning that down. And, and you know what? These are discussions you do have to have with your coaching staff because especially in the NHL, there's underlying things that we may not know about. I mean, for all we know, maybe there's a little bit of a nagging injury with somebody. And this isn't just goaltenders. This is why people get sat down and why they don't play, you know, with a game or two left on occasion. But barring any type of injury, you want to know that your goalie wants to be in there for the guys. And I think that that sends a message that you're going to roll out the best lineup. We're going to go in with some momentum. We're going to try to win this last game. And and like I say, I mean, especially facing Boston, who's a team that, I mean, Toronto's had plenty of documented problems with them in the past and could potentially face them again in playoffs. You got to play that game. For sure. There's there's tons of uh, interesting goaltending situations around the league, and we're going to ask you about a few more. But but before I forget, I wanted to ask you about the Leafs just signed this kid, Dryden McKay, not asking you to know about him, but a college free agent, just won the Hobie. He's 5'11". I've seen saw him listed one place as six feet. What what are your thoughts on size? Like, do you... Almost everyone's six two plus in the NHL now. Is it's just super uncommon to be able to goaltend to that size, isn't it? It is six two has become the new glass ceiling when it comes to goaltending. Yeah. And for reference point, I was I was drafted in two thousand two, and I was a big goalie who could handle the puck. And I'm six two. Okay, that was at this point now twenty years ago. Which wow, I can't believe how great I've become since then. <laughs> but that's the difference now. Like a big goaltender is six four or above. And, you know, a six foot goalie isn't somebody that you would look at and think, boy, oh, we're going to we're going to tie our wagon to this guy. He's going to lead us to the promised land. Like it just doesn't happen. You know, we still have people out there that are changing the rules and the dynamics on that. UC Saros is incredible. He's not six foot, but he's really the exception to the rule. He lies outside the big bell curve when you look at statistical references. I mean, he's way out there. But but what I like about this move, it's a two year AHL deal for the for the Marlies ostensibly, but really for the Leafs. It gives McKay some time to blend into the pro scenery. I'd imagine that he would start in Newfoundland with the Growlers, ECHL, get his feet wet, feet wet, understand what it's like. But really, it's a prove it contract. It is his size. It is his age, and it's also that he's been really well insulated at Minnesota State. So, um, to me, I, I think it's a no lose situation for Toronto. They got they got more money than Davy Crockett. They can give out American League contracts and see where it goes, um, but. It's going to be tough for McKay just based on size alone and his age. This is just a a little bit of a thinking outside the box, and I may be full of crap on this, but you would probably have a better beat on it than anybody. Is there a sense that the Leafs would even contemplate like the timing of this and what kind of message you could send a goalie that you're still maybe thinking about resigning, but is you're not sure if you're, going to want him back or you can even afford him if he goes on a run like what would a signing of a of a Hobie Baker award guy do to Jack Campbell a week before game one I'd hope nothing if it does something to him I don't think you really want Jack Campbell to be your goalie you know if, if you're playing if you're playing to the best of your ability why are you worried about a Hobie Baker winner 
more or less, why are you worried about a kid coming out of college? I understand there's some clout there, and I understand that it's going to come with expectations. But, hey, he's the best goalie in college hockey, even though he didn't win the best goalie in college hockey award, which is kind of weird. Um, I, I think for Campbell, it's really you're just worrying about yourself, and you realize that, man, teams sign goalies all the time. They sign draft picks. They sign free agents. And all of them in some capacity has some juice behind them. It's your job to stay better than those goalies. It's your job to stay ahead of them. It's your job to be a, a role model and to be a mentor to those goalies in some ways. You know, look mm-hmm. at Pekka Rene, man. Like Pekka Rene got the most out of this game he could. And at the very end, he transitioned that last year or year and a half to, to really mentoring UC Soros. And, they, and Nashville did it the right way. And I don't think that was easy for Rene because he's competitive and he's way later in his career than Campbell. But it really pays off to have a good relationship there. So I don't think it's going to face Campbell a bit. But but, uh, but, but if anything, it's just a reminder that you're going to have more goalies yeah. coming in, always trying to take your spot. But we also uh, are dealing with a guy that can overthink at times uh, to the point where he's all really critical of himself. I mean, we're not dealing with uh, you know your your typical mindset goaltender here. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you on that one. Um, but I think this is low level enough. I mean, if if they went out and, you know, if they could sign goaltenders right now and they went and grabbed, you know, the big free agent off the market, or if like Tim Thomas came out of retirement and decided to play for the Leafs, <laughs> then I'd probably be a little bit nervous. Um, but right now I don't see those happening. So uh, back to the NHL, uh, the, the most fascinating goalie situation to me is Robin Leonard. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts of what's going on there? The guy was uh, healthy and then hurt. What, what do you make of what's happening in the crease? Logan Thompson's been starting. <laughs> and by the way, Alan May describes it as a soap opera. So I don't know <laughs> if that makes Robin Leonard like Victor Newman or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, if it's a soap opera, I don't know who's directing this thing because I mean, maybe they'd get awards because there's plenty of drama and suspense, but I don't think that's what you want with an NHL hockey team that's on the verge of being eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs like Vegas is. And I I don't know, guys. Like, I I look at this situation and I think, well, first off, Robin Leonard's battled like crazy to get back into the lineup. He's had serious injuries this year. There's no doubt in my mind that he's playing through a ton of pain to try to help his club get where it needs to, and they decided to play him. So he did the best he could. He goes out against New Jersey. All right. He, he allows a, a, a bad goal where he couldn't catch a puck. It ends up in the slot. But then he allows another weird one later that looked terrible. And, and I could explain from a goalie perspective what happened. I don't need to bother doing that. The bottom line is that DeBoer buried him after the game, head coach of Vegas. He did. And just straight up said, our goalie wasn't good enough. We lost because the Hamburglar was better than our goalie. Despite the fact that Vegas couldn't score on 40-something shots or a power play against the, one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL. He just put it all on the goalie. So that's strike one. You already said, basically, I don't believe in the goalie. Well, what happens two nights later? Gives Leonard the start again. Well. Then he yanks him after making 12 saves on 13 shots on a 1-1 game. I've done this. I've been playing high-level hockey for 20 years since I left home at 16 and never seen that once in my life. The only question I have, guys, who decided to start Leonard? Was it Pete DeBoer or was it somebody above him in management? That's my question. That's what I want to know. Because to me, this felt like DeBoer saying, well, if we lose and don't make playoffs, I'm going to lose my job, so I better put the goalie in that I think can win for us. And in doing that, 
I'm going to alienate Robin Leonard to the extent that this guy's going to absolutely hate me because I've made him look terrible twice in a three-day span. And that's where things are at. And now they got to beat Dallas to, on uh, Tuesday night if they want to have any opportunity to keep going in the playoffs. When, when you look at Vegas this season, I, I th- most often than not, a team that disappoints like that and misses the playoffs, you can get away with looking at things like injuries and just saying it was just one of those years, blah, 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 blah. We were hurt. We lost our key guys. Everybody stays on. But I look at this scenario, and injuries or no injuries, are, are we coming right back, Mike, to Robin Leonard over Mark andre Fleury? Can someone still explain that one to me? <laughs> I mean, boy, we hate to do the retroactive thinking and, and to look in the rear view, don't we? But That's you kind of have to on this one. <laughs> because here's the thing, guys. Like, Robin Leonard, when he's healthy, he's a really good goaltender, okay? Right. And he's a really good goaltender on teams that, when they defend middle ice well, let him see the shot. And, and I know that sounds simplistic, but this is real. Like, if you can keep things to the outside for Robin Leonard, um, he's excellent. He's been a top 10 goalie in the league this year off the rush. Like, the dude can play, but I will contend that he was absolutely set up to fail in Vegas unless he won a Stanley Cup because it has nothing to do with his play on the ice except for him needing to win a cup because that's the only way he would gain acceptance from a fan base that was so tied to Marc-Andre Fleury emotionally. I mean, in every way, he was the face of that city. And you bring, you bring in an interloper, basically. Like, Leonard had no choice but to win a cup. And the vocal minority has become really loud, and I'm not sure it's a minority anymore in Vegas. When Leonard got pulled from that game and Logan Thompson went in, the cheer from the crowd was so loud. Oh boy! And that is a terrible feeling as a player, as a goaltender, because it feels like people have turned on you. Whether they were cheering, no matter how the fans were cheering, that's how it comes across. And that's damaging. And I don't think people really realize that. So... Um, is a tough scenario to be in, and honestly, it just it didn't make well, any sense from the get go. And, and here we are. And he's a guy that uh, has had mental issue uh, battles, right? I mean, all of that has to come in play. And does he feel like it's it's so far gone that he can't win them back? And and does that play into like where he is now and how he feels? I mean, it's it's. I hope that's not the case, but. Th- that how that that's part of the equation right now. You have to think that are they putting him in a position to fail or succeed, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I, I to me, this has nothing to do with with really past, present, future mental health. It's just who you are as a human being, man. I would hate to have that feeling. Like I've been in those shoes before, where you feel like a coach just throws you away, and that's what it feels like with what DeBoer's done to Leonard. You feel like you've been thrown away after you've worked as hard as you can to get back in a lineup. So I, I don't know how this goes, man. Like I, I, it felt like that game the other night when Leonard got pulled turned into, well, either Pete's going next year or Robin's going next year or maybe more. Because you know that if, this, if Vegas misses the playoffs, you know there's got to be a fall guy. There's no way they're going to look at it and just say, oh, injuries, run it back out, especially with the cap hit that they have co- or the cap problems that they have coming. There's a lot that's going to have to happen in Vegas before next season, and there's still three games left to play here. They're not out of the playoff picture just yet. Hey, we'll watch, and uh, we'll anticipate whether or not uh, they're in or out uh, as early as 
against the Dallas Stars. Hey, Mike, really appreciate your time as always, man. You're always welcome on the show. Always a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on. Okay, Mike Thanks, McKenna, Mike. everybody. I, I, I Listen, it's a horrible feeling, as Mike alluded to. Yeah. But Pete DeBoer didn't go over the top on questioning a goaltender. I mean, historically, we've heard worse. Yeah, I think, though, that when, when the guys played through something, you're supposed to give them the benefit of the doubt and not mention it or... Right. Well, and we're dealing with a guy that is ultra sensitive too. We've seen that over the course sure. of of what he's battled on and off the ice. Yep. And but as far as Pete DeBoer is concerned, uh, I, I don't think he he maliciously went out there to throw him under the bus. I, he was critical. He was tough. Mm-hmm. But this is the NHL, right? Yeah. Uh, I I think though that the, there is more to it where he goes okay I'm playing through this for you like maybe you know cut me some slack a little bit and then the next game one one score they pull him it is a that's a pretty profound statement that we don't trust this guy you know what I mean if you go back a few years it was it was clear that uh, either DeBoer or or Kelly McCrimmon or George McPhee. One of them, two of them, or all of them collectively said, you're our guy, Robin, and mm. Marc-Andre Fleury is not, right? We pick you. Well, they said, we pick your salary. We don't know that the drop-off from you no, no, to no, no, him. No, 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 we pick you. There was no salary. There's well, no salary. Leonard's 5'5", five, five and Fleury well, was no, 7. No. no, the decision was before they gave him the $5 million okay. over 25. Well, but right? surely that played into it, knowing that he was going to play for just, cheaper. Just the point was, yeah. is that we don't care if you've never won a Stanley Cup like this other guy. Right. We are picking you. Yeah. We are, we're hitching our wagon to you. And Fleury was on the outside looking in, thus the Alan Walsh tweet and the sword and right. uh, all of it. And now it turned on him. Right. He, he experienced the good side of it, and now he's on the, uh, the bad side of it. Great drama. All right. Well, we welcome in our good buddy, Sammy Squared. <laughs> Sam Cosentino, how are you, pal? Kipper, congrats on the, on the awards for the, for the Buddha there. That's oh, pretty thank stuff. you very much. Our, Did you get an award? Uh, yeah, we uh, uh, Little Buddha, Raspberry Lemon, and the Grilled Pineapple Yeah, uh, were entered in a in a very prestigious uh, spirits competition out in San Francisco Ooh. and uh, won a silver and a bronze. Well, hey, congratulations. And, uh, there's a ton <laughs> of uh, companies out there that uh, we were up against. That's and, awesome, uh, man. It is legitimately oh, very thanks. good according to everyone who's tried it. Thank you very much. Sammy, that's... Uh, That'll get you a few free cans. <laughs> We're open, though, because my boiler can't go with the high-level <laughs> stuff anymore. <laughs> How are you, pal? <laughs> doing great, Kipper. How are you doing? So what do we know about this Leaf uh, potential signing? Was it Elliot Friedman who tweeted uh, that uh, the Leafs are about to announce or mm-hmm. have announced? or uh, What's the deal here? Yeah, Friedman. It's he, official? He's usually... Yeah, I don't know if it's official yet. I, I wait for the for the more paid guy okay. to um, make it official. Our, our Sammy but, says I mean, it, it is official. Our yeah, Sammy, uh, and his name's Dryden McKay, and all I know yep. about him is he's only 5'11", and his dad's favorite goalie was Ken Dryden. Well, and hence the name Dryden, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, what, what do you make of it? 
Well, I, I do find it really interesting. First of all, I like the fact that, hey, if you're taking a sub-six-foot guy and you're signing him and you're giving him a shot, that's cool. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending, it, it's crazy what's gone on in that situation. When you think about the four or five guys uh, from Wall to Hutchinson, Mraza, Campbell, the Shulgren that have all played in Toronto, there's another group of four or five guys that have all played with the Marlies at various points. And then there's a guy like Ian Scott who hasn't played at all. So, they, you know, like at one point, organizations thought was, well, we need to have goalies, but not too many of them because we need them to play. But in this situation, my gosh, everybody has seemingly played. I don't know. You should call Mike McKenna back and see if he got a start in there. He might have been in there at some point. <laughs> so, Sam, but, oh, go ahead, Sam. You know, he's a Hobie Baker winner. Obviously, there's something there. I haven't seen him play, so I can't speak to, to what he's like technically or anything like that. Obviously, the stuff with the performance-enhancing thing, that's got to get get straightened out. But by all accounts, he's, he's going to be ready to roll for next year. And so you just add another one to the mix here and, I don't know, guys. I, you know, is he the answer? Is he the long-term solution? Is he a guy that, hey, maybe he's just going to be healthy enough to be able to play, you know, 50 games in the American League because we circus through a whole bunch of other ones? I, I don't know what the thinking is, really. Go ahead, Kip. I was just going to say, aren't all these signings, Sammy and uh, JB, I'll, I'll ask you as well, it, isn't it house money, free money, free free kick at the can? They've been a little successful over the years with the lights of Bozak and uh, – I uh, uh Steve's is he uh yeah, NCAA? Like Steve's, yeah. So I mean what's what's the loss what's what's the gamble really, right? No, that's true. And when you're a team that's uh you know could obviously play well above the salary cap, how is it that you are able to utilize all the rest of your resources to make yourself better? So scouting, it's analytics, it's being able to sign a million people, it's being able to give your American Hockey League team a shot by, you know, paying everyone uh, more than what they would typically be worth on a typical AHL market to try and win there. So that's that's how you do it. When you're when you're up against the cap and you have way more resources to spend, you find other ways to do it. And by signing more people is just another one of the options that the Toronto Maple Leafs have afforded to them. So, Sam, we thought we'd uh, step away from all these leaders in the NHL and uh, take a look at what's coming up for some of the teams at the bottom of the NHL. When is the draft lottery? Can you give us an update on that? And, and what, what's the top five kind of looking like? How you got things shape, shaken out here, bud? Yeah, so the draft lottery will go on, on May 10th. Uh, the combine goes on May 29th to June 4th. It'll probably have a little bit of a, a different feel to it because uh, some of the CHL teams will, will still be playing. Uh, but in terms of the top five, we're probably looking at Shane Wright still being that guy. Logan Cooley, who's uh, playing well for the U.S. at the under-18s, is going to be in that mix. Um, You know, it's a a scenario where you're looking at uh, it honestly could go a lot of different ways after that. Yuri Slavkovsky is probably going to be in that mix, seven goals as a 17-year-old, the Olympics for the Slovaks. Uh, Simon Nemec is the top-rated D right now, although David Juracek will probably play uh, for the checks at the at the world championships he'll have an opportunity to come back from a lengthy injury to to prove his stuff simon nemitz is another guy so they're not really a lot of household names uh, other than you know what we've heard about shane wright and maybe slavkovsky to a certain extent because of um, what he did in the olympics maybe matthew savoy because he was up for exceptional status but never got it uh so it, you know it's going to be a really interesting draft this year a lot of different little I don't know, quirks to this draft than what I've seen in my years covering it. 
Sammy, we got the under 18s going on right now, and Connor Bedard is playing, correct? And, and lighting yeah. it. Like, is this even like a, a fair fight uh, having this guy involved? Yeah, no kidding. It's really amazing. And, you know, I got to give him a lot of credit because typically when you play for the World Juniors, even though it was only two games in December, you're not asked to, to come back and play for the under 18s. But because he's still only 16 until July, they said, ah, we'll take a shot at it. Regina's out. We could use the help because we don't have the normal complement of players. He said, oh, yeah, I'm good to go. Uh, no problem. He loves it. He loves it. So I, I love the fact that he just loves it so much that he's not thinking about, hey, I already, I'm too cool because I already played in the under-20s. He just goes and does his thing, and he's, he is unbelievable, and he continues to, to perform well there, and it wouldn't uh, surprise me if he led the tournament in, in goals and points. And do we think he's also going to play in this World Junior uh, where they pick it up uh, in August? Oh, yeah. I don't think there'd be any question. There'd be no reason for him not to, really. I yeah, mean, there yeah, is, Sammy. There him. is. It's, it's enough. No. It's enough. Uh, uncle. <laughs> well, uncle. Like, no, I don't think come so. Come on, Sammy. Because... 12 months a year. We're killing these kids, Sammy. But they've been doing it for how many years? It does catch up to them, though. It will catch it up to them. Yeah, and it might. And the thing is, Skipper, like he'll be eligible for the other World Juniors in December as well. <laughs> yeah. That... So, so, like, let's consider that too, right? I'm not trying to, you know, kill your job, Sammy, of following these guys by <laughs> any stretch. But, like, okay, like we, we can't squeeze every last ounce out of them, you know, for every tournament yeah, that's out there. <laughs> I agree, they okay, shouldn't. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let me play devil's advocate. That's part of my job here. Played 24 games in the bubble for Regina last year, and whatever seven more at the at the under 18. This guy played 31 games last year. All right, year. so we're making up uh, lost time. Yeah, they are 143 okay. this yeah, year, and it'll be fine. All right, take the positive spin. There you go. There you 31 go. games is not a lot. And the year before, uh, he was injured in 2018, so missed a bunch of time then in minor hockey. So the guy, he loves to play, let him play. I, I got one more question for you before I let you go here. What's up with this uh, Matvey Michkov kid today? I just saw him uh, lacrosse-style goal to win the championship in Russia. Is he going to end up? He's a highly, highly talked-about oh. guy too, yeah? There's, there's three guys probably we're talking about for number one. Adam Fantelli, he's at the under-18s. Connor Bedard for this 2023 draft. And Matvey Michkov. So it's going to be, you know, pick your poison. Do you want to pick a Russian-born player? By that time, do we feel the world is going to be a different place? Are we going to feel differently about Russian and Belarusian-born players with where we are in the world basically a year from now? I'm not sure, but when you see that kind of talent, I'd be hard-pressed to think someone's not going to take a chance on The other element to that is he's signed for, I believe, four more years after this one in the KHL, so you'd have to kind of finagle around that contract too. Yeah, you came up with a really strong case for Bedard to keep playing hockey uh, every day all, all summer. Um, I give it to you. Plus, you you plugged Little Buddha as well, right? So um, you're you're great in my books. <laughs> right on, Kipper. Hey, and, Help thanks, me with cause. my boiler. Hey, listen. Um, if you go to drinkobs.com, they'll come straight to your door. Oh, is okay? this a new all, all four flavors, <laughs> Sammy. Maybe, I'll be f- drinking little Buddha to get rid of my big Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Sam. Sam Constantino, hockey analyst Thanks, with uh, Sportsnet. Um, yeah, that Bedar's like just keep shooting it in the hockey net. You're, hey? you're, you're, you're already uh, NHL teams are trying to finagle now 
tanking just to yeah just to set it you up. You don't need to play Arizona every game, but Arizona's already there. I think I just sent you guys a a, a goal that he scored against Germany. Oh yeah, in the in the under 18s, just filthy. But truly, and I this is a sincere question: What is the NHL going to do? about having a potentially generational talent like this Connor Bedard kid get drafted to go play at ASU's little 5,000-seat rink. Uh, no way. No way. I am Eric Lindros 100%. I am not going to go play for that club. I'm not. And who would blame him well, if Shane he said Wright. that? Shane Wright's arguably going first overall. Like, you think Shane Wright's looking forward to that? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it fair to the kids to say, oh, uh, you know, congratulations on making to the NHL. Your arena is literally smaller than Barnes in the league you just played in. I was going to say, like, London's rink is twice the size of this. Right. Like, you've made it. I, Kingston has a bigger barn than this. Like, it's not. And just, yeah, I think there's, like, it's a horseshoe in, in Arizona. Like, it's not, they don't have behind seats behind <laughs> the net. Not, that's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> it's a horseshoe. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, where okay, are you going with that like, one? What are the facilities imagine? like for training and for... You think there is any chance at all Shane Wright would say, don't pick me, I'm not coming? Yes. 100% I think there's a chance. I don't know the kid at all. This is zero information. But it's a, to me, if he said that, who would come in here the next day and criticize him? Would you? No. No. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I got to think about it. <laughs> Depends how he's feeling that day. It took, it took it big stones out of Eric Lindros but way th- back but when. this one, universally, people would go, oh, I wouldn't do that either. I think. It is. It's uh, it's shocking that Not to say the fans don't deserve to have a star like that. They do deserve an it An NHL team cannot find an NHL building. It's just shocking. The fans in Arizona deserve better. They deserve to have a rink so they can get kids like this to be excited to be in the league. It's brutal. Are they supposed to have something definitive that at least people can say, okay, we're, we're eating this crap sandwich because we're, we're waiting for Right, Because they're building this thing in Tempe. We're we're getting the T-bone steak over here in a few years. Yeah. Well, if that doesn't happen, not good. So I, um, in my hometown is the Harry Lonely Bayshore where the Owens Sound Attack play. It is a incredibly small arena. Feels yeah. like you're on the ice. The capacity there is 4,300. That's they almost exactly sell out every game. ASU. No, they don't sell out every game. Or whatever this yeah, rink like, is going to be called. Over 3,000. Playoffs, to though. Playoffs, they played tonight. Uh, game three. They're tied 1-1 with the Saginaw. Sold out? I uh, don't know. Don't have. Oh, not with Saginaw, sorry. They were playing Flint. Yeah. No idea. No hmm. idea if it's sold out, so. Usually, though, those playoff oh, yeah. games. Yeah, and the Lumley Bay Shore, if anyone's listening, if you're looking for a great night, a couple cold old Vs sitting in great. They're not a bad seat in the house, boys. <laughs> it is cool. I Listen, those fans in Arizona have won the lottery because the ones who have seasons and go to every game and sit that close and get a sense for the action, the speed in a smaller barn, that is going to be unbelievable. Truly. So points for Arizona fans. You guys are going to have the best experience in the league uh, for a couple of years anyway. So I got some... <laughs> packages and i was just going to take them home but uh sammy for like two hours has been like you're gonna open them up you're gonna open them up just stop. I'm like one of the most popular genre of things on youtube is people like opening things. unboxing yeah yeah so this is from man made um 
out of, a company out of Montreal. Okay. And it's, what is it? Uh, men's underwear. Oh. <laughs> well, you're opening Got any that. banana boats in there, pal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and socks. Oh. Um, key too. Merry Christmas. Sure, thank you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no, no, I want the black ones. Oh, you good, because I want the white. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh, ankles, too. Low cut. Wow, I Sammy, just want big time. Ankle you socks? need some socks? Always. Um, ankle socks. Just wear no socks crew. in your shoes like a man. Low cut. You like low cuts, Sammy? Hate them. Hate them. Hate them. I've seen your ankles, too, uh, <laughs> Dolphin. I've seen better legs on a piano, my friend. All right. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. nice stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm keeping this. I'm not sharing this. Stuff. Yeah, I don't blame you there. Wow, that All looks right. nice. All right, thank you, Man Made. Thanks, I, I, Man Made. No. VGK uh, Dallas tonight, do you want to? Sure, go. VGK uh, versus Dallas. Um, sorry, that's tomorrow night. Huge contest. The Vegas Golden Knights are plus 106. They are underdogs to beat Dallas. Man, they win that game. They're within one point of the stars. Last night, them Dallas throwing up on their own, or sorry, Vegas throwing up on their own jerseys was Huge. They lost a point to San Jose, got scored on the final second, then lost in a shootout. Can you imagine, though, second. The, the momentum or the new lease on life that they would have if they snuck oh, in? Oh, if they get in, don't want to play them. Don't want that at all. And you know what? As a hockey fan, I know everyone says, everyone comes to the show, Alan says he doesn't want them to... to to get in, a lot of people I, don't. I, I, I can't. I want it. I can't recall uh, a team where people within our industry are cheering universally so hard universally against them. Against them. Yeah, and Alan touched on that. It's just the the way they've conducted business has not rubbed people the right way. You know, the the way they've brought in superstars and shipped them out. I think Stastny was one of the guys they did that in, too. And then out. Flurry, you know, the, in, the face of the franchise. Out. He's gone. You know, it's, it's, there hasn't been a lot of loyalty. It has been the next thing. And then trying to get Eichel in yeah. when they didn't even fit with the cap yes. and asking Stone to. Not, you didn't even mention their head coach who. Yeah. Such a big story, eh? About yeah. him catching a cab after a game. Yeah. No, and that wasn't a great look either. And so. There's just there was this great identity and momentum and love for what was going on. It's Vegas, it's Sin City, and New, and then it's just all, it's all gone to hell. All right, just like that, two hours in the books and a fresh pair of socks. Uh, you guys are all looked after now. Our thanks to Alan May, who covers uh, the Washington Capitals for NBC Washington. Mike McKenna, Daily Faceoff, Sam Constantino, who does a terrific job uh, getting you ready for the NHL draft from Sportsnet. JB, always a pleasure, pal. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You too. Sammy, Derek, Jennifer, we get to do it all over again. Hey, give us a rating and review on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. For all of those joining us on our YouTube channel, thank you very much. And we're right back here tomorrow. Real Kipper and Born. Thanks, everybody.